By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the internet. The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. Welcome in to episode 41 of Fired Up, presented by the Belly Up Podcast Network, bellyupsports.com. I'm Mike Giletto, joining me as always is Dom Console. What's up, Dom? What's up, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. We have a big show planned for tonight. We are not alone, as everybody can see. We have a special guest, so let's get to him. Uh, he spent 15 seasons in the NHL. He was a five-time All-Star. Uh, he played in 1,016 games, scoring 1,004 points. Former Flyer, Brian Propp is with us. Proper, thanks for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? It's, uh, it's a little late for me, but because uh, I get up early, but uh, that's okay. I'm glad you're on the show. Hey, me too. It's you know, we, we won't keep you long. No, no, no we we'll really call. appreciate this too. I mean, this is huge Absolutely. for us, you know. Absolutely, definitely appreciate it. Um, I definitely want to get to your career as a flyer, obviously, and um, and the current flyers. But before we get that to that, I wanted to get to your uh, your business ventures, which you got you know going on over there. Um, so you sent uh, this your cigars, the Goofall cigars, to Dom. Um, oh, I got the, them right I, here. I, I'm not a I'm not a like a huge gar, a cigar guy. Dom is kind of getting into that. The packaging's badass. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, the wooden like, box. <laughs> yeah, it looks nice, and uh, plus it's a nice uh, variety. There's two mild, two medium, and a Maduro. A nice variety for people to try. Uh, but uh, they're they're from the Dominican Republic. Uh, I went uh, with Ken Dunnick and my son Jackson and three years ago at the Dominican Republic of Santiago, and we checked out a couple of the uh, factories right were there. So we learned how they're made, aged, and how they do everything like the right way. Uh, and so the way I was really excited to make my own brand but it took me a year and a half to kind of get everything ready and then and now i've been selling them for about a year and a half and it's it's going pretty well i just starting slow but as i build uh you know hopefully people keep uh, reordering because they're really good it, it and uh, as mike said look I, you know i'm i'm a somewhat of a smart cigar smoker i, I probably smoke about maybe like f- seven or eight a year um so I'm, I'm more on like the mild side but um uh, I, I actually gave my father-in-law and my brother-in-law um, one of the cigars, and and my brother-in-law smoked it, and he said it was it was you know it was it was wonderful. So I can't wait to to actually finally sit down and because I, I just got them so uh, in the mail, so I and I can't wait to sit down and finally, you know, smoke one. Yeah, it, it, the, they're done really well. Uh, 
because I work with another company called Vivente Cigars, and that way I did a licensing agreement with them. That way I don't have to worry about being a, a manufacturer of tobacco. Uh, so the, the, the other company kind of pays all the taxes and takes care of all that of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, my own brand is the Gaffaw brand. And, and I started with uh, 425 boxes of uh, 10 for my 425 regular season goals. <laughs> and uh, and I you know so I've only I only have about eighty of them left, and then when they're gone, and then you know I just have to make something different. But uh, you know it, it it took me a long time, but uh, you know it's going really well, and and people love them, and that's that's a, that's all I'll care I'll, I'll care about. Yeah, for sure. And also, really quick, real quick, um, I'm somebody who uh, actually. Um, I'm four for four Philly sports guy. I love the Flyers, the Eagles, the Phillies, and the Sixers, and. Um, I'm somebody who collects autographs and it was it you signed the box for me and, and a poker chip and I just wanted to thank you so much for that because you know even though you didn't know that like it's still it's still special you know as a fan uh, to get to get that kind of stuff so I really appreciate that yeah well my my pleasure I always have pictures with me and uh, the little little prize with a <laughs> tick tick right right um but obviously, you kept the the goof off, you know, thing going. Thing that was kind of big in your career. I mean, what was the backstory to that starting? The- yeah, so like uh, on my BrianProp.com website, there's a whole bunch of uh, information about uh, what I have too, like all the articles that I've done and a story. Uh, Gordy uh, Howie Mandel. It's it's uh, under the guffaw, so it, it explains all about the guffaw, how it got started with Howie Mandel in the '80s. And uh, I went to a couple of his shows, and then I liked what he did, and then, and then I started to copy him uh, doing the guffaw when I scored and center, and center ice and did the guffaw, and uh, and then he called me uh, in the playoffs one year and uh, and said that he didn't mind that I trademarked that, and uh, I had a nice uh, conversation with him. But I've I've seen him a few times, and uh, I've got to know him at the shows uh, like in the '80s and '90s, and. Last year, he was at the show uh, in Atlantic City, so I had a chance to talk with him again and just say hi. And uh, you know, it, it just really nice to, you know, nice guy, and he, he didn't mind that I was uh, branding the Gaffaw cigars. Well, he's he's Canadian, right? So he's probably a big hockey guy. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's Canadian, and uh, so so like it's, uh, but uh, he's done pretty well for himself. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, you know, just nice to just to connect with him and. To me, know that uh, you know we talked about our health uh, the, the, that that we've done uh, the last few years, and I know that he was a neat freak uh, the last couple of years, uh, and uh, but he has heart problems every once in a while too. So we talk a little bit about that too. Okay, and then you, you also um, you're involved with Wolf Commercial Real Estate and Bancroft. What uh, what made you get uh, involved with those two companies? Yeah, so uh, seven years ago, I I, I got my license uh, for from uh, Jason Wolf at Wolf Commercial Real Estate. I, I took the class and then I passed it and then, and then we started right there, then. Uh, I'm a, a licensed broker right now. We do most things are commercial and uh, you know we can we can do residential too, but I, I just stick with commercial and uh, and he's been so good for me. Uh, we have a good team of people that we know. We're, a lot of the athletes that are, are with us, uh, we, we help each other and we do really a lot of good business with them. We're in New Jersey and PA, but we can work anywhere in the U.S. And we also have a Groove 
called the Gorefox, which is uh, they have 75 other offices in the, in the world. And so that helps us too, because uh, we know everybody there and then uh, we can do some business there too. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and also like with, with Wolf Commercial Real Estate, uh, I started with Jason and then we got started a couple of years after that. We, we had our own celebrity hockey event. Uh, we had six former alumni and, and two teams and split up the two teams. And, and then we give money back to the charities like the last, uh, last couple of years, like for the hockey, we raised 80,000 for that. And then for the, for our golf tournament, we raised 40,000 for it. So it started adding up. Like, so we did, we did four of them already. And then we've been to four golf tournaments. So we, we help six charities, uh, in a, in our area and we, everyone gets a nice check, uh, from setting those up. Now, are those, are those, um, those like golf charities, like those, those events, are they around the same time every year? Or, well, usually we are in September, but the last couple of years, uh, right, the glorious. Uh, so, like, we haven't had a chance to do that. But yeah, I think now we're we're start thinking about uh, another next year, and uh, it'll take a little time to set that up. But uh, you know, people love it, and uh, I have good celebrities. Uh, last last time I had uh, John Leclaire and Fridge and uh, Doug Crossman and Andre Faust and. You, so you you have the guys that know why they're here and and they live in the area, right? And 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 I'm assuming that's in the PA New Jersey area every year as well. Well, we usually have our since we're in New Jersey, we usually have the uh, hockey event at Voorhees Voorhees Skate Zone, right? And then we have a, an after party at the Victory Bar in Berlin after that. So you kind of put it all together, and then we have. Uh, prizes and uh, giveaways and, and you know it's it it all starts adding up so like 80,000 for a hockey is uh, is is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. And then uh, everybody can go check that out at your website too. I I I assuming, right? Yeah, so like uh at, at wolf it's uh wolfcre.com and there's lots of information on that. And, uh, you know, so like, uh, I was just talking with Jason today because we did a deal, a uh, nice deal, uh, last week. And, and so just, uh, to me in front of the other people and talking with them and in the office in Marlton, it's nice to stay in front of them and, and, uh, build a nice, uh, network of people, uh, so that they keep coming back to us and, uh, and we're really good at what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds awesome. Um, I think I think we're gonna start transitioning uh, transitioning into um, you know uh, your career as a, as a flyer as an NHLer. Um, now uh, the first question we have here is uh, you know uh, when you get drafted by the Flyers in '79, being a kid from a small town in um, Saskatchewan, did you know anything about the Flyers organization or the city of Philadelphia as a whole? Not really. Uh, I was one of those weird guys because uh, I played three years in the, in in Brandon, and so I didn't really follow hockey too much in, until my last couple of years, where a couple of guys said, "Hey, you know, you have a chance to be uh, playing in the pros." And so I didn't really follow hockey too much. Like I, I was a little weird for that. Uh, all I know is I grew up in Saskatchewan. Every Saturday night we had hockey, and you know, I just uh, you know I like to watch uh, John Belleville because he was such a good player 
and a class I, a class guy. And so that's what I kind of, I, uh, I liked, liked him the way he did that. But, uh, you know, after getting to the Philadelphia Flyers was a blessing for me because, uh, I, I made the team right away and we, we won all the time. And we, you know, I, you know, I was there my first 11 years and we made the playoffs every year. And then, then I, I traded to Boston and Minnesota. So, you know, my first 13 years, I was in the playoffs, uh, <laughs> 13, 13 consecutive years. Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned it. You made, you made the team your first year and you start off playing on a line with legends like Bobby Clark and Reggie Leach. I mean, welcome to the show, right? I mean, what, what was that like to play with those guys right away? Well, it was good because, uh, like, I was really quiet. I didn't say much. I was really naive. Uh, like, I, I, I lived with an older lady uh, my first year and uh, just uh, figure out a way to drive, get get to practice and back and, uh, and, and, and go back. And But Bobby Clark helped me a lot because uh, he told me where to go. And my first game was against the Islanders at the Spectrum. And we, and we won, uh, you know, I think five to three and I scored the game winner and had an I was going to say that you scored, right? Started. Yeah. So I played with, uh, with, with, uh, Reggie Leach and, 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 uh, Bobby Clark as, as a line. And then 20 years, uh, 20 years, uh, 20, not, not years, but, uh, gains into the, uh, I probably went to, with, played with Paul Hengren, Paul, Paul Holmgren and Kenny Linsman at that time. And, and Bill Barber, you know, kind of took my place too, but, uh, we had a strong team. And so I just I remember the first first game was special because I game winner and I scored a goal and then then we lost nine to two against Atlanta the second game and I said wow is this what the NHL is going to be like and and then we went thirty five without a loss after that. (laughs) That actually brings us into our next question. Um, You know, in your rookie season, you saw the record that you know has yet to be broken. Um, The team went on a thirty five game unbeaten streak. You know, can you talk about that, like what that was like? And, you know, uh, at what point did you guys like start talking about the streak if you, you know, did it all? Yeah, I think it was uh, it was early in the year because, uh, we, you know, like it was the second year in and then, then we started a 35 undefeated streak. So I, I remember uh, because about 18 to 20 games into it, people started to, to notice because it was getting close. And then and then when we built uh tied the the record uh, in boston where you hardly they never they're lost there but and then we went seven more without a loss uh so that was pretty special like it was it was in january before we lost the the, the third game right uh yeah so um you know uh uh 1980 you know obviously your rookie year, um, it was a year to remember in Philly sports, you know, some good, some bad, um, all four major sports teams. I don't know if you remember this, but all four major sports teams actually made their championship games, um, with only the Phillies winning their first world series. Um, you know, were you or any other players in the locker room? And I know the Phillies were October and you guys were probably May, June, the same with the Sixers and the, and the Eagles were, um, in the, in the Super Bowl in February of, of 81, which is the 80 season. But yeah. like, was any was anybody talking about you know what was going on that season, or you know the the following season about how how you know how much success was uh, going on in the city? Yeah, I think because at that time, like, just think about the Philadelphia Flyers won in '74 and '75, and then uh, then they 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 lost to uh, Montreal, like in I think 
78 or 79. Right. And then, then we went to the finals against the Islanders. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I was young, and so I didn't really know much. I was just here to hockey, hockey to play hockey and didn't – did too much with uh, the other teams and, but Bobby Clark remembers everything. And so like, he knows <laughs> all the teams that were there. And then, you know, from the eighties on, you know, like well, he's I the captain, right? He's got to know that stuff. Oh yeah. Well, he, yeah, and he's, <laughs> he's so good with the press. You know, I was really quiet my first couple of years. Like I, I didn't say much with the press. And then after like uh, five years, like when Bobby Clark left and then I, and then I became a member with Poulin and, Mark Howe and Brad McCrimmon. So it just taught me uh, a way to to communicate with the, the press a lot more after that. But, you know, I was really, really quiet at the start and and uh, probably still pretty quiet for most of the press that are there. <laughs> right, right. So um, like you said, you, you know, we're, we're kind of transitioning to that um, halfway point in your in your Flyers career. Like you said, you know, the first five or six years, um, jumping into the 85 season, an unfortunate tragedy occurred uh, when Pelly Lindbergh suddenly passed away. Just like how good do you think he was and what do you think his potential was and what does that do to like a, to a locker room, you know, because that was, you know, a couple of weeks into the season, right? Yeah, it was it really was a shame, uh, you know, because at that time he he won the Venus uh, the year before, and I had, he didn't really lose lose a game that year, and and then uh, unfortunately he passed, and and so we had to deal with that, uh, even though we didn't want to. But uh, Mike Keenan was a coach, and so he took us uh, you know, after practice and put us together all the time, and just let us talking about everything and. Just kind of just be a little bit bit uh, open with uh, with our team, uh, but it made us a lot closer. And, you know, in that time, uh, Froze was the goalie, and uh, and uh, so like he kind of had to step up a little bit more. And then, of course, um, in '87, Hextall came here, but uh, we uh, had had good gory goalies, and uh, so but it was it was tough on us because. You know, we were a good team, and uh, without having a key goalie, it, it, it you know it really hurts uh, your chances. Well, you guys went against the Oilers in that year '85 and then '87. Um, in uh, you know to the Cup team. Do you think those Oilers teams are the best NHL teams ever? It, yeah, they have to be because right. in the early '80s, like look, look at they had like six or seven Hall of Famers in their prime. And they're all, you know, at that time when when you played hockey, we didn't make that much money, and we just we stayed with other teams a little longer because we didn't know what the salaries were, and so that that was was different. And like the Islanders won four in a row, and then the Oilers won another four, and then and then Calgary in '89 uh, with Brad McCrimmon as a coach, uh, uh, captain. And so it was, uh, it was, it was tough to win. And then of course, uh, Edmonton in 90 with, with Boston and Minnesota and Pittsburgh with the uh, Mew. I mean, the best players in the world we, we, we played against. Right now I, I got to ask a question that that's been plaguing Flyers fans for the last 35 years. Do you think the 87 finals would have gone differently if Tim Kerr is healthy? Yeah, probably because he was such a good score, scorer. Yeah. Like he, but he he missed most of the series, series, and so like you know, having a, a guy like that makes a big difference. And like, and plus we were beat up, and we like Mark Howe was unbelievable, and Hextall was good, and 
and Dave Pullen was hurt and Ilka was hurt. Everyone was banged up and hurt. And so, uh, but we still uh, made us proud that uh, in Philadelphia, they, they admired like how we, we played at, at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And then you just kind of continued into the, the Canada Cup in, in 87. And I mentioned you played with guys like, you know, Clark and Leach your, your, your first year. But then in the Canada Cup in 87, you play on a line with Gretzky and Lemieux, Mario Lemieux. I mean, there's not many guys that can say they play with both of those guys on the same line. I mean, what was it like to play in a, you know, with the or, two best guys ever? Or all four of those guys. <laughs> right, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or all four of those guys, right. Well, we had a, Team Canada was really special for me because uh, we won the Canada Cup and it was a three-game series and every game was 6-5. And then, you know, so like uh, it was nice to finally win uh, the championship in 87, uh, because, you know, like, like I said, I played most with Gretzky and Lemieux and, you know, filled with Heracek and, and Messier and Bork and Coffee and Tockett, uh, and Doug Crossman played a big part of that. And, uh, you know, just putting the right guys together, like the Sutters and Goulet, Goulet and, you know, the unbelievable, the, talent we had and but the russians were were really really good too because at that time they had to defect if they, until they got drafted in 1990 and but they they played just to win these championships right yeah absolutely um and then moving along i mean we get to the 89 playoffs um you get the cheap shot elbow from chris chelios i, I can't believe you only missed one game uh, you came back in game three um but then Later in the series, Hextall goes after Chelios. I mean, what, what was going? You were on the bench for that, right? So, what was going through your mind watching watching Hextall be, take a beeline for Chelios? Well, it was about three minutes left in the in the third period. We were down by two, and then uh, we, we we just killed off a penalty, and and then of course uh, Chelios went in inside, and then Hextall just had enough because like he wanted to send an, a message to people that don't do that to your, to our Philadelphia flyers. And I admire him for that uh, so much uh, because he stuck up for me and he didn't have to. And then and of course he got 12 game suspension yeah. at the beginning of next year, <laughs> which was unbelievable. And, uh, but I, I admire him so much for me uh, backing me up and uh, we're, we're good friends from that. Did, did Chelios reach out to you after that hit at all, or do you guys come in contact no, with each no. other? No, no. Even like, even last year, he did send something on on Facebook, which was not cared. Uh, it was it wasn't very nice. Yeah. So, um, r- real quick, uh, what what was it like to be like front row watching Ron Hexall go after these guys, <laughs> like <laughs> like I mean, a man without a head? Crazy, yeah. Yeah, so like he was a competitor, and uh, he he hated to lose, uh, <laughs> he, but I loved his fiery uh, style because he's pretty quiet off the ice. You know, I know his family, uh, you know, a, a lot uh, because uh, you know my my daughter's died dating his his son Jeff. Okay, okay. So, uh, but he's in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know he you know, he's doing really well in Pittsburgh now and and I, I, I love him for that for, for trying and putting the right place and uh, you know just keeping his uh, team going yeah for sure like I like we we watch like 
you know, videos on YouTube of all this stuff. I just can't even imagine what it's like to be like front row, like watching the, watching <laughs> yeah. him go after guys with a stick in his hand, getting ready well, to hit, chop somebody's two, head off. His first two years, he had 220 minutes in, in penalties. As <laughs> a goalie. Yeah, as a goalie. Yeah, right? as a goalie. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, so well, uh, we, could, we, we, we helped him kill off the penalties because if they, in the 80s, like Hextall changed the game. Uh, because he shot the puck so well, and like with Dave Poole and myself being the best uh, penalty killers in the '80s, we got a lot of shorthanded goals. Right, right. So I'm sure, I'm sure for every every penalty minute, you, you bought him a beer, right, after the game. <laughs> oh yeah, we tried to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, you know, going into the uh, 89 uh, 89-90 season, the Flyers traded you to Boston, like you said uh, earlier on on the, on the show. Um, in which your longtime teammate, Dave Poulin, uh, was also traded there about six weeks before. Um, can you tell us what that was like, like how it was being traded from the team that drafted you? Like you said, you were here for 11 years, you know, over a decade. Um, you'd spent, you know, all that time here um, putting that Flyers logo on every night. Like, can you just tell us about, you know, how, what that feeling was like? Well, it was it, I loved Philadelphia, like, at that at that time and then when i got traded uh like i, I kind of knew it was going to happen because i uh my hand i had hand surgery uh i had an artery in my hand that, that was uh, had to be taken out and so i missed 25 games or 27 games for that and so like i i, I rehabbed and it, it just got 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 back to start playing and so I think that I, the Bobby Clark did me a favor of uh, getting me to Boston at that last year, which was um, number one in the league. And then with uh, Dave Poulin getting traded then, too, it gave us a, a one-two punch for shorthanded again. <clears throat> right, right. And I'm, and I'm like, you know, I'm sure the chemistry was right where you guys left it off, too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, and again, yeah, like we uh, we did really well in the in the in in the playoffs that year because, you know, I just remember that Boston had a, a tough time against Montreal, and I think having the two veteran guys uh, helped us get through Pittsburgh uh, to Montreal, and then we then we uh, played played Washington, and we we swept them. And then we went into the finals uh, in Boston, and then triple over overtime. Uh, the, the lights go, lights going out a couple times, and then uh, Plimo starting scoring, which was uh, it, it hurt us because the, you, you need to win that first game, especially at home. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, you, you kind of alluded to how Bobby Clark, you know, did you the favor. Um, so can you just tell us, you know, the impact that Bobby Clark had on you as a player, you know, from line mates to teammates to playing under him as the fly, as, as him as the Flyers GM and um, and then eventually uh, Minnesota's uh, North Stars GM? Yeah, so so Bobby Clark played in Flin Flong and I played in Brandon and both Monterey, uh, uh, Manitoba. And so I learned from him uh, right at the start. But, you know, I worked as hard as he did, too. I was I wanted to be the last in in practice, practice and, and shooting a lot more and try to score more and to uh, follow his lead uh, with his leadership. But his, his leadership is unbelievable because he was one of the best in in the, in the world uh, at that time because he figured out a way to make people much better 
playing with them and against them. And so he's uh, had a good knack of talking to the players to make them get better in the playoffs. And uh, I learned from him at the start and uh, just by him talking with me and going to practice and, and uh, setting a good example and being consistent, you know, that that's what it was. And then same thing with, uh, with Bob Clark when he in Minnesota, he learned how to win from there. And then, uh, and then he was in Florida a couple of years and then back with, the flyers and so he's had a long career and he's always done really well right and i, I have one more question about uh bobby clark too um going we're going to backpedal a bit, bit here back to the uh 80 season um going to the finals the 79 80 season what is there anything like you can remember from him you said like his leadership that um you know because he had he had been there multiple times he, had, he has two cups um just stuff like some things that like that kind of um that that you just just sticks out to you that you remember about you know going on those run that run and him giving the advice. Yeah, so like uh, as I got a little older, like uh, I learned how to be a, a better leader and uh, be, be be consistent, and you know it's all about uh, making sure you win in the playoffs. Right, it doesn't matter what you play, regular season or all star games, uh, you you still have to perform in the playoffs where where it counts. And so he taught me at that time. I know because uh, we went to the finals my first year, and then we lost uh, the, the Rangers uh, two years after that. And then so, like, I learned from that that I had to be much better when it comes down to the playoff time. And so he taught me uh, how to concentrate. And, and, of course, for me, using Steve Rosenberger, the psychologist that the Flyers had at that time, he taught us how to relax and use our brain and make sure that everything is, uh, you know, you just you learn how to become one of the better players on the team and just from learning all the little things that you need to to try to get better. Right. Right. So you and then you finish your career last couple of years with the with the Whalers. Right. So you scored your thousand point as a member of the Whalers and you hit that against the team that drafted you. You spent most of your career with the Flyers. Uh, how, how was it? How was the feeling of you know, hitting that milestone against against your former team? Well, it was uh, it was really good for me because uh, like uh, I was getting running out of time because it was almost <laughs> the end of the of the year and I, I wanted to get my thousand points and games uh, and which I got that like uh, a couple games before that the, my thousand point uh, games and then scoring the two goals in Philadelphia at the end of the season. Uh, was was so nice for me because a, a lot of my family was there and uh, you know it just it, it was special for me and then I had you know ended up with a thousand four points and almost a point a game uh, and uh, but for me it was just uh, nice because you, you want that milestone of uh, you know thousand points and and you know just uh, it's almost a point a game and but the playoffs are the key like you know because we my, my in the playoffs uh, for history uh, for the number number one in the history of uh, scoring for left wingers and uh, so that's uh, you know played in five finals and uh, played a lot of points and, and played consistently but always had good players that uh, were, were playing with me. So yeah, you you actually just brought up uh, <laughs> with the next question. Um, 
uh, has. Uh, so you played in five Stanley Cups. Um, unfortunately, you didn't come away with um, with any uh, or a victory. Can you talk um, just how just about how hard it is to win a Stanley Cup, and you know how much the game changes in the playoffs from the regular season? Yeah, so like uh, in 1980, like uh, that year, it was number one against number 16th because I remember the first round we played against uh, Edmonton, and then uh, then the Islanders like it was, they they ended up one against 16, uh, so we got to play in the finals against them, and then they changed the conference after that. But uh, yeah, I still remember like uh, the game six where we were tied, and then if we had a chance, if we win, we bring back. Uh, Philadelphia for game seven uh, but uh, it wasn't meant to be and uh, but the Islanders scored too many power play goals against us uh, that hurt us because uh, we weren't that disciplined at that time uh, but you know to get started that uh, was it was 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 pretty nice but uh, the playoffs mean so much because you 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 have to get much better like now uh, even now like with the seven series uh, you, if you if you miss one game or, or you, you're, you're hurt or you, you don't perform, uh, then it, you're all done. And then, so like that's why I learned how to be much better in the first round of the playoffs because uh, if not, you're out. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So um, you know, the next thing we got here, uh, I, I was curious. Um, and this is always like something I, I like to ask, you know, former players if I ever get the chance. Um, who would you say were uh, some of your closest teammates while playing here, some of your favorite teammates while playing here? By now, you've probably seen ads about water contamination at Camp Lejeune everywhere on TV, social media, and probably even following you around on the Internet. The water at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune was contaminated with toxic chemicals for more than three decades. It is not rare for people who drank this water for an extended period of time to develop severe illness, including kidney cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, leukemia, liver cancer, bladder cancer, birth defects, Parkinson's, and more. A new law called the PACT Act allows victims of poisoned water to seek repayment for their medical costs. What those other ads don't tell you is that because the PACT Act is a fresh law, it is important to find an attorney who understands the new claims forms. There is limited time to file your Camp Lejeune claim, so you need a lawyer who can get it right the first time. The experienced team of attorneys at SickMarine.com is ready to file your claim. They will fight for you and won't take no for an answer. To file your claim and to have your case prioritized, sign up at SickMarine.com. Hi. Close your eyes. It's time to discover what starting and growing your own business feels like. Whether your business is bed sheets or skincare or jewelry, Shopify's with you every step of the way. Hello. Now, open your eyes. Feel ready to start and grow your business with Shopify you'll get the tools you need to nurture your growing business and feel the same satisfaction as listening to this ad. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Simply start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com free 22. Shopify.com free 22. 
Well, of course, it was uh, Brad McCrimmon uh, because we played in three years in, uh, in, 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 in Brandon together. And then he, he was in Boston and then he got traded to Philadelphia and he was a great leader. And uh, so I remember him and, and, of course, Mark Howe. And then my good friend, Ray Allison, uh, who played three years uh, in, uh, in, in Brandon together, too. And I, you know, I, I see him all the time. He played for the Flyers for a couple of years after that. Blocky Hockey was the, 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 our, our line. And, uh, but, yeah, so for me, it's just the, the guys that I uh, played junior with, like Brad McCrimmon and Ray Allison, uh, are good friends of mine. And, and Mark Howe is, is unbelievable. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> How's still incredibly underrated? Like just as a player in general, how was incredible? Yeah, well, he's, he's so so quiet, and yeah. he, he 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 should have won three more Norrises, and then Landwehr won a couple. But you know, that's that's because the Flyers didn't promote us that well. Yeah. Um, and then you also played um, with both Rick Tockett and Paul Holmgren. Played for Paul Holmgren as well. Um, Two guys recently that got inducted into the Flyers Hall of Fame. Um, what's your relationship with those two guys? Well, uh, Paul, I know him because he's got a place in Avalon, and, uh, and he just moved to uh, outside of, of Philadelphia. Uh, but I've known him for all those years because you know, from uh, being the coach, and then like even when he was with, when I was with Hartford, he was a coach at the start, and then he moved to the GM. And uh, so, like, and plus, I've been here last 41 years and so i know everybody in in, in the area uh but uh Holmgren, he still d does a lot of work with he was with the flyers a uh, president and uh and then talk it i you know he's been with coaching now he's in tv and doing other things and so i don't talk with him too much but uh i know paul Holmgren is uh, close and then i'm still on the board of the flyers alumni and uh, we do a lot, a lot of things for that. Uh, we like just like you know the, the, the day before, with uh, Tockett and Holmgren, the, they had a Flyers alumni team of uh, all 50 players uh, playing against each other uh, the day before he in like November 15th, and so that was special to see a lot of the guys that I haven't seen for a few years, the Sutters and Hatcher. Yeah. Hatcher. <clears throat> Right, right. So, um, you know, uh, the, so another thing that I that I always find interesting too, um, and uh, you you transitioned this very well. Uh, the shootout was not a part of your game while you spent your time in the NHL, but if it were, who do you think would have a better shootout record? You, Tim Kerr, or Rick Tockett? And listen, it's okay not to be humble right now. You can brag on yourself. <laughs> Well, I think it was it would have been me because I shot <laughs> top shelf most of the time. But I, you know, I, I I hit the net every time, and so I I I worked on my shot. But you know, Tim Kerr, like he he was better with one one time shots. Right. Talking, I'm not sure. You know, he doesn't have the hands or. But uh, <laughs> it, still, it was. Uh, I, I would he had say the looks. That it'll it'll be me because uh, I still play hockey in in the Pensacola skate zone and. I still some score goals, even though my hand doesn't work that well. But I, I do the guffaw. The goalies I play with aren't that good, and so like uh, I find a way to make sure it, it counts. Hey, right? They don't, you, they don't ask how. They ask how many. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen. You guys put up the goals. He he. You know he had the looks, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you know, obviously you played at the Spectrum, and I'm kind of curious, you know, how that was as a player. Um, you know. 
Mike and I are a little bit younger. Uh, we saw the very end of the spectrum, and um, obviously it wasn't like the prime spectrum. But um, you know, where were some of your favorite places to play as an opponent? Like, and and you can even go into the spectrum too. You know, playing playing at the spectrum. Yeah. So like, uh, well, the spectrum was special because uh, they there like the second level was like like top levels because they were under underneath themselves. And right. it was really loud. It, it, it was packed, but it was lo- loud. And then uh, the Wells Fargo Center has just changed a little different. It's just a little bit bigger. But, uh, you know, they, they're both really good. Uh, but the Spectrum was special because, it, it, it you know, I, I was there for 11 years. And I knew a lot of season ticket holders, and I'd, I'd wave to them and all over the place. You know, I was, I was a little different like that. But, and, uh, but yeah, I knew where they st- sat. And then I still know uh, – season ticket holders because uh last four years uh i was doing the ambassador for with bernie and dave schultz and then this uh, up now we have got hockey and there's not, has not too much going on so like i was at most of the games uh this this uh at the start of this year uh but you know lately uh, like uh, i haven't been there and uh, they only have special games that, that I, I could be an ambassador for right right so where, where would you say like are some of your favorite places that you did play like, uh, as an opponent? Like your, some of your favorite well, places I used to go. To, I, I loved Montreal because of all the history uh, at the rink with all their uh, Stanley Cups. And playing in Canada was special because, like, it's it, it's different in Canada. And and then I, my second favorite uh, arena was uh, Chicago. Chicago was out, I mean, like, loud, and it was atmosphere. And it was, you know, I hated, I hated to, if, if, if we got scored against them, their, their hound, a horn would bow. And, and then, uh, <laughs> then after that, like, uh, I, I love uh, Madison Square Garden too, because the atmosphere is, is really good too. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely, I definitely thought like you, uh, probably, I, I was, I was going to guess you were going to say like somewhere like Edmonton, but I mean, um, you know, definitely Madison Square Garden, you know, it's definitely like the Mecca of yeah. anything, you know, um, so during your career, um, uh, you know, the, were there any, you know, and I, I guess you just kind of answered it, but were there any teams, players um, you always circled in your calendar to prepare for, you know, whether you knew it was going to be a hard battle or an exciting game or a special one for another reason? Well, I think because uh, we played our own conference a lot. Uh, so like the more like it was Boston and the Rangers and Pittsburgh right. that you hate to play against. Uh, but I, I, I re, uh, prepared the same way for every game. Uh, I wanted to be very consistent with what I did uh, because some of these guys, they don't skate, score for, you know, 10 or 15 games. And, and you know, you just have to, you have to be more uh, up with uh, you consistent with how you, how you play the game. And uh, I was always ready. And uh, of course we always had good teams with, with the flyers and so that was easy, and uh, and we usually had a lead, uh, which was uh, made it easier. And uh, you know, if, if not, you know, like we uh, we double shift a couple other players if we needed a goal or two. But uh, you know, we were tough to play against. Uh, we always had tough teams, and people hated to play against us because they had the flu. And so that was okay because uh, it gave us an edge. Right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, and you, you alluded to it a little bit earlier. You talked about it, um, you know, playing in it, you know, three huge alumni games, um, one being at, C- at Citizens Bank Park. Um, you know, 
which one do you remember the most? Like some, what were some of your favorite memories from playing in those alumni games? Well, the outside game was uh, in what 2011 and 12, I think. Yeah, uh, against the Rangers. 12, yeah. That was that was special because it was the first first time outside uh, in Philadelphia, and we sold out uh, the whole uh, arena, uh, 45,000 people. And but it was nice because we had like six lines, uh, like five generations of players that were there. Uh, everyone, of course, wanted to play. Uh, so it, it was tough to get some ice time, but you know, at the same time, it was you wanted to win. And uh, you know, Keenan would double shifted uh, the, his best defenseman the third period, but we still beat them, and uh, it was the three to one the score. Uh, tough game, uh, but it, it was it was real special for me just to be be outside uh, and just to talk with the guys that were there, take some pictures, and uh, have those re- as reminders. I think Bernie even put on the pads for that game, didn't he? Wasn't he? Well, he there? did, yeah. And he, he made his, a nice save uh, too. Agent, if I remember. Uh, Dean Smith uh, had him. Hey, listen to here. Just, just get a chance. Uh, we'll, we'll skate a little bit and then just get more ready for that. And he was ready. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to go into the more current stuff. Um, so the All Star Game was uh, this weekend. Did you? But did you watch any All Star game, or what do you think is the, of the the, the All Star weekend that the NHL has now? What do you think of that as a whole? Yeah, I, I didn't watch any of that because the last couple of years it's it's kind of a joke, joke yeah. because like you know even like when, in the eighties and nineties uh, it, it used to be competitive where like you 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 played as hard as you you did, and when I see the the, the skate around and don't touch any people, don't hurt anybody, and you know, it's just it's 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 different because a lot of there's a lot of scoring, and so guys give up, and then it's just uh it's it's just it's a little different. But I think they want the fans to say that something is going better. But you know, it's it's kind of a joke, right? I think. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, they moved it to three on three a couple of years ago, so now it's just all all scoring, wide open ice. Yeah, so um, you know, you're, yeah. Speaking of the All Star Game, uh, your last All Star Game appearance was in 1990, which was the first year they had the skills competition. Um, what do you remember about that event, and what was it like um, going to the All Star Game and competing against the best players in the world or in the in the league? Yeah, that that time uh, I, I still remember because in Pittsburgh and uh, Lemieux was there. I played with uh, Lemieux and and Neely, Neely uh, as a line, and so and, and Lemieux scored four goals. And, uh, and, and I, and I, and I checked Gretzky because he didn't get a point that day. Cause I, I wanted to shut him, shut him down, which, uh, which was in my mind, that's why I had a Jew. And then, then Lemieux took over after that, but, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's all fun because you, you know, most of the people. And at that time I was 11 years into the league. And so I knew a lot of other people of plans and, uh, you know, cause I knew what they were, what, who they were and, uh, just excited to be there. Uh, and, uh, I think for the, I, I'm not sure if I did, the Tartar, Tartar, Tartars, the four. Tartar. Oh, the accuracy shooting. I, so you did the, you did the relay. I think it was the accuracy. I think I, I was watching it, uh, this weekend. Yeah. I think on, uh, the relay. Yeah. So yeah, like, you did uh, the, yeah. Not my strong seat, but uh, <laughs> shooting was shooting was much easier for me. But, uh, <laughs> but it was still because we, we still won the game, and that was that was special. Right. Hey, that's what you get, that's what gets you paid, right? Yeah, <laughs> score goals. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I wanted to go more uh, current flyers. Um, obviously this year hasn't gone uh, the way that they would have liked. Um, but there's like among the fan base, there's been a lot of chatter and criticism uh, recently about like the current franchise being too corporate and going away from like the Ed Snyder way. Uh, as a member of the alumni, do you get that same sense or do you think it's more of like a fan way of thinking? Well, it's uh, like because uh, I've been here for 41 years and uh, I love the Philadelphia Flyers and I'm, I'm on their on their board of alumni. We do a lot of nice work with them and Comcast that helps us all with all of the charities that they support us. Uh, I know it's been a tough year because the coaches got fired and uh, you know, some of these guys have been injured throughout most of the year. And so but, but uh, you know, losing 10 or 13 a couple times doesn't help uh, because like, you know, they're, they're probably not, they're, they're not going to end the playoffs right now because they've, they've got 45 games and, and the other, other teams have like another eight or 10 in front in ahead of them. And so, you know, they, they have to rebuild and uh, just hopefully that they can uh, get a little better and get some confidence confidence at the end of the year. And hopefully a couple of their better players will, will get better. And then, you know, I know that the goalies have been playing really well. Hart and uh, and have been and Jones have been playing out of their minds, and so. But it's good for Hart to realize that. Hey, listen, uh, even though that they're not winning, like they can't score goals, and and that's that's tough. And their power play hasn't been that well, and so you know sometimes it, it might be a need a need to change. Well, that's a, that was a frustrating part. Like last year. Um, things didn't go their way, but that was a, a lot of a lot of it was goaltending. So we everybody was like, well, if they just fix the goaltending, this is a playoff team, and they actually have really good goaltending, like you said, they, they've been playing really well, and things still haven't gone. I mean, the Ryan the Ryan Ellis injury obviously um, has has been real big and has hurt them really since what game four, game five. So yeah, so the years years the year before, like you can't blame the goalies because the defense wasn't playing that well. That's true, and so like you know, it's it's a team effort. You can't just blame a goalie or you, you have to play as a team at the P together. You have to be hang together. You got to have some fun, but it, it more fun when you win and then you have to get in the playoffs. I mean, and now it, it's tough because there's 32 teams and, and if you don't uh, get in the playoffs, you're out. And so, uh, but you, you, everyone has a chance on the power play in the, in the, in the playoffs. Uh, so you, they just have to make sure that they try, try to get close and make the playoffs and so you know it'll be a year and then uh, hopefully they make some changes and then they, i'm not sure if they're going to have a new coach or what they're going to do but uh, it's tough for all the players that are here now because of all the things that uh, the coaching and and uh, you know they, they just have to find a way to find, find a way to get the younger guys to be playing a little bit better and uh, give them some more ice time yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to transition here a little bit to, um, you know, the late great Ed Snyder. Um, you know, you, as, as a Philly fan, you kind of see a guy like uh, Jeffrey Lurie with the Eagles. He doesn't really have that much of a relationship with the, with the, with the Eagles fans. Um, Josh Harris doesn't really have that relationship with the Sixers fans. Um, the same thing with John Middleton and the Phillies doesn't really have that relationship with the, uh, the Phillies fans. What was it about Ed Snyder that really, like, he had that relationship with the fans, even though it wasn't obviously like, you know, hey, you can walk up to Ed, hey, Ed, you know, it, it, but it, it felt like there was always that close relationship between the owner and the Flyers. Can you just, you know, kind of shed light on him a little bit and 
Talk about well, your relationship uh, with him. Mr. Snyder loved the team. He loved the people that were with him. They kept building a teams that they wanted to win. And he did as best he can just to, to even bring some young players or older players, whatever he thought they could win. And uh, I know uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's been tough the last uh, almost every second year, they're not making in the playoffs. And so that, that, that's, that hurts. And then, uh, but he was so good with, with all the, the players that were there. That's why do you think all these people here uh, love staying and living in New Jersey and, and Philadelphia because they, 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 they love the, the city and they love what he's built for him. And it's just, it's, it's, I, I miss him. I mean, he helped me so much after my stroke. Uh, he helped be with, because I wasn't making that much money at the time. And so he gave me some money that, which I really needed. And uh, so I'll never give him forget that for him. Yeah. I mean, he built an entire culture. I mean, Flyers hockey. I mean, that was, that was Ed Snyder. So. Aprovecha los precios más bajos de la temporada de JCPenney. Como toallas de baño Home Expressions Quick Dry a solo $4.88. Y encuentra aún más ahorros en botas para damas y jeans para él y ella de marcas como St. John's Bay, Mutual Weave, Arizona y más. Comenzando en $21.88 cada uno. Compre con estilo. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas hasta el 23 de octubre en selección de estilos. Los precios más bajos de la temporada se refiere al periodo del 31 de julio al 23 de octubre. Se excluyen del cupón. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Their whole family has done a really nice job. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, kind of staying in that front office um, subject. Uh, so this past Saturday, the Flyers announced they've assigned Danny Briere, assistant GM. Um, you know, many Flyers fans have been, you know, vocal about not going to the old ways of using old players in those big roles like the front office or behind the bench and it not working. Uh, what do you think of this move? Well, Danny is such a great guy. He's a smart guy. He knows hockey. That's that's why he was running the, the, the main uh, team. And so, like, he's been doing that for a few years, and he knows hockey really well. He speaks English and, and French, and he can, communicates with all these other people. But look what he's done for the city. Uh, just from here, uh, even in Philadelphia, the, the, the plow-up, playoffs are meant to him and a lot to him and he, he performed really well in the playoffs and so he he's a willer a winner and I, I love him for that absolutely he's he is one of my favorite you know obviously i'm 25 so you know he was prime flyers hockey for me when i was 10 11 12 years old and you know um he's definitely one of my favorite flyers, you know, ever to watch. And, you know, just, just the playoff ability and, and, you know, just, just as a player, you know, it's, it's really cool to see, you know? Well, he can still, still skate too. He's, he probably may, may dress, dress him a, a games, a couple <laughs> games. Yeah. Because he, he, he looks like he's 25 like you, right? He's, <laughs> he's a little older, but uh, 
he looks good. He, he, he like in the alumni game that we had, like uh, Gagne and Briere, like where they they were they were flying. Right, right, right. Um, I, I wanted to get more to, to again back to the current team a little bit. I just got a couple more things for you, but um, the, the, I know you, you slightly mentioned it, but the, with the roster the way it is, I mean, do, do you think this team should rebuild? I mean, is that kind of uh, that's probably the only case to get themselves out of this, right? Well, take a look at all the younger players that they have. Uh, I think if they give them some ice time to, so that they can pre- perform. Uh, because I think that most of the veterans uh, have been taking all the use ice times. And so like, and, and the power play is not working that well. So like, give them a chance to play a little bit with the young guys. And uh, that could help too. Uh, you just have to start from there, but they'll, they'll figure out a way, like if their power play works and they get some guys that can score, uh, you know, one goal means it makes a big difference. And uh, so like the, the, what they just need that, that cho- choice. Right, right. So, uh, you know, kind of want to. I, I think this is might this might be one of our last questions here. But, um, you know, just going back to the last decade plus. I mean, the last twelve, thirteen years of the fly, the face of the Flyers uh, is Claude Giroux. Um, you know, he's been a player that has been you know undervalued in this city for a good portion of his career. Um, you know, what's your take on Giroux, and you know, where do you put him on the list of like all time Flyers? You know, I'm sure you know him personally. Um. You know, he's one of my favorite players ever. I think he's one of Mike's favorite players ever. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about Giroux, you know, your relationship with him. Uh, well, I, I, I don't I talk with these guys uh, too much because, like, okay. they're, 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 they're not uh, – you don't see them too much out. Uh, like, uh, I'm, I, I do a lot of charity work in golf, golf tournaments and hockey, hockey but uh, haven't really had a chance to talk with them too much. Uh, but, yeah, he's been here for 15 years – and so uh, he's uh, one of the best players uh, that the Flyers have had. Uh, um, but the you know the, the thing is is that you know not consistent, and the, you can't when you don't win in the, in the playoffs, it, it it takes away from him. And so hopefully they they can uh, trade him to a, a conternal, uh, someone that could win, and then uh, that that'll give him another another chance to show how how he can do with another team right right definitely. right, right. I, I just had one final question um i'm, I'm looking at your stats right and <laughs> I, I look at i look at your playoff stats they're also equally as impressive how are you not in the hall of fame <laughs> it's crazy it's really crazy uh well it's politics uh yeah. you know you, you just you just have to like uh you know for me uh, i think it's just because uh you know we, we were quiet when the, when i was playing for the flyers and uh and uh you know but my stats uh speak for myself because like i'm the number 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 one left wing in the history of, of uh playoffs and uh with and i performed really well and uh it was consistent uh and you know so it, it the hockey hall of fame is uh, it means that they have to kind of find somebody that could support uh on the committee and so if I find the right guy, then I think you need uh, 14 of the 18 uh, bites, vote, votes to get in. And so I'm still, I'm, I'm, we're working on it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, it might be time. I, 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 I don't want to die before that would happen or not. Uh, because, you know, my stroke six years ago, I almost died. And uh, 
still alive that I'm uh, kicking and doing well. Uh, but, uh, you know, and also, you know, just so you know, I also work with Bancroft uh, Rehab uh, for people's strokes and brain injuries. And so uh, that's why I have trouble speaking every once in a while. At, at the start, my stroke, I couldn't talk at all. I had to relearn with my brain how to talk. But if I slowed it down and it made some uh, sense, uh, so you notice that, you know, I, I can't speak the, the same way. But uh, And I also did the radio for nine years for the Flyers, and I, I'm on their board, and I, I do a lot of things for the Flyers in, in Canada and uh, the World has, uh, Championships and the uh, Canada Cup, Spangler Cup, you know, so like it all starts adding up, but, uh, you know, I'll just take it if it gets there. If not, I've got lots of other things to do too. <laughs> For sure. Right, absolutely. So can we, can we also get a, um, a little, yeah, little view of your shirt here too? <laughs> um, you know, like I said, like I said earlier, when you sent the cigars, you sent the shirt. Um, yeah. And, and, and it fits great. I love it. I'm going to wear it. Uh, you know, and I'm very pr appreciative of it. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have to try, like, you start with a mild uh, cigar. Yeah. Don't smoke too much, but, but yeah, they're smooth, and then uh, that's good. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I'm, so I'm excited. Listen, we're, we're glad you're doing well, um, and I hope the Hall of Fame thing happens because, uh, again, your stats speak for themselves. Uh, you deserve it. But thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike and Don. I'll say it. All right, so I mean, Brian Prop. <laughs> it's like a surreal moment. Uh, yeah, you know? it really was. Yeah, um, so. you know, definitely, definitely fun, uh, fun time right there. Absolutely. Um, so we've gone on about fifty, what, fifty nine minutes. Did you want to do some some uh, Super Bowl stuff? Yeah, yeah. Let's preview it. Yeah, but before before we get out of here. Yeah, for sure. All right, so. So I wasn't. I wasn't even prepared to do this. <laughs> no. Hold on. Let me. Let me pull up the list. I think we're still on like cloud nine right now. We, yeah, we are. All right. So we also haven't really talked Super Bowl in a couple. Uh, well, last week we, we didn't even talk about it. So we got the Rams and the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals right now are. I'm sorry. The Rams are a four point favorite. They're away, but they're kind of home. I guess. <laughs> right. Um. How 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 crazy is it that. For what? What is this? Super Bowl Fifty. It's a Super Bowl Fifty Six. Okay, so Super Bowl Fifty Six. The first fifty four were never played at a home team stadium. Now two years in a row, it's two played years at in a home, row. It's right. a home. It's a home team stadium. So it's pretty. It's pretty wild. Right. Exactly. Um. But so. yeah, I mean, I don't know how how much of a home game LA is going to be. You know. Right. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a lot of corporate stuff. Um, yeah. Pulling up some comments now from that. Uh. <laughs> from uh from from when we were we you know we were live with prop, um, so yeah I mean like Joe Joe Barrow's a winner right do do we think that that actually happens? Uh, listen <laughs> I I want to see Cincinnati win. So um, do I. A lot of people I think do. Yeah um, <clears throat> I I think there are a lot of people that are convinced they are going to win. Uh, I don't I don't know about that. Um, I think it could go either way. I think it really is just a toss up kind of game. It it could be. I mean it all it all depends which team shows up. Um. You know, because you can't sit here and say like Stafford, you know, um, 
is experienced because he's not like he, he's just as experienced as as Joe Burrow is essentially. I mean, he's only. Uh, like, that's not fair. That's not fair. No, no, no. In the playoffs, I mean. Oh, in the, in the playoffs. playoffs. Sure. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I, I guess, but it's the big game. Just, yeah. No, I get you. I think he's, he's been, only played he's in, been one in the or league two. for what fifteen years, like uh, oh, close to it. 2010, yeah. Uh, 12 years? Yeah. So, so. I, I just mean I just mean the big game. Like, he, he doesn't have this clear advantage over Joe Burrow where he's been to the big game and he's lost it, so he knows what he's got to do to win that that next – do that next – jump that next hurdle, you know what I mean? So, right. um, yeah, I mean, this game could really be a toss-up. I really want to see Cincinnati win, but um, – It would be nice. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, you know how I feel about Joe Burrow. Um, I know how you feel about Joe Burrow, so uh, it, it would, it would be a lot of fun. Burrow. Yeah, some jo- Joey Cole. What what other names yep. could we come up with? Jo- he's got a couple of nicknames: Joey Burr, he does. Joey Burr, um, I like Joey it. Ice. Uh, yeah, so um, it'd be really cool to see him. I got I got I got a uh, I got my block pools ready to go. Do you? I got my parlays in. I I might throw in another one. Who knows? Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the for the game. Absolutely. Um, Are we gonna do against the spread for this? Or I was just about to bring that up because I was looking at our stats. So on the year, I think I think these are accurate. I got to go back and, and make sure. But I'm 45 and 56, so I have zero shot at a winning record. Obviously, <laughs> you're 50 and 51, so this you could be 500 if you get this. Yeah. Right. Um, I gotta pull it up. What do you have the line? It's four four. The, the Rams, Rams are minus four. The Rambers, the the Ram, the, the Rams, yeah. The Rams are minus four. Um. Again, it's so tough because I think that Cincinnati. I think the Rams are going to win. I don't know if they're going to win by by four or more than four, but I really want to see Cincinnati win. So like, I'm I'm kind of stuck here. Um. Okay. But I listen. You can think on it. I don't even need to think. I'm going Bengals plus four. I think they win outright because yeah, I think Joe Burrow's a same. winner. Joe yeah, Burrow is a winner. So that's that's what I'm doing. I think I'm gonna go to the same, and and everybody's rooting for it to happen too. So yeah, yeah, I think I'll, I'll go Bengals plus four. Okay, that's no fun. Thought we're gonna, <laughs> we gonna go against each other here. Listen, if the Rams, that, go if, Rams if I if I, if I would have Rams, if I would have went Rams, they would have won by three, and I would have lost. So right, exactly. that's just the way that it goes. Right, exactly. Because it, 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 if I won, so I had the better record. So even if I win or lose this game, I still did better. Right. So exactly. Screw you. So yep, and it, it's there's always next year. That's a, that's the beauty of it. There's always next year. Yep. Um, did you want to get out of here? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I mean, did you want to talk Sixers and this James Harden stuff? Um, <laughs> well, I don't think there really is much to talk about. It's no, all rumors. I, mean, I was gonna say all rumors and speculation. Harden for Simmons, maybe a Maxi, maybe a Seth. I mean, yeah. there's there's a bunch of rumors out there. Yeah, and uh, next week we'll definitely have an answer because the trade deadline is this week. So. Is it? It's this early? Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. So, uh, I think it's it's usually. I think it's. Is it March usually? No, I think it usually is February. Is it? It's right. It's usually. I think it used to be before the All Star game, and now it's. A, it was a week before the All Star game. Now it's a week after the All Star game. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they changed that like two or three years ago, and uh, yeah. So, so by by the show next week, I think we're still gonna have Ben Simmons, but um, probably. But yeah, but you know, we'll, we'll save that for next week when we have an actual answer. Right, absolutely. Um, so I, I mean, we we can get out of here. We got nothing else, right? I mean, that was uh, anything that stood out for you from uh, from the prop uh, interview. Um, dude, he he seems like such a 
mellow chill guy so like when when we got him to laugh a couple times like i i thought i thought that was pretty pretty funny pretty cool yeah um but yeah i mean just talking about the uh the toughness of you know you know that era of hockey and flyers hockey and especially the ed snyder stuff like that that really um you know and and obviously like you you are a i'll say you are a big flyers fan than me bigger flyer fan flyers fan than me i love the flyers but that's your team so like i couldn't even imagine how you would feel about him talking about Ed Snyder like that. You know right. what I mean? Just somebody yeah. who who uh-huh. isn't as big of a fan. I felt something the way that he talked about Ed Snyder. So I think that was probably one of my, you know, one of the parts that really stood out to me um, the most. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was interesting that he, um, there, there's like some real ill will with Chris Chelios. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I didn't, I didn't realize it was that serious. Um, yeah. Because, like, you think of Chelios, and he's, I mean, a lot of people say he's, like, one of the best American defensemen ever. He's, like, top three or five. Um, and then he just, it just seems like he's just a shitty guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, a shame. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, the, the whole interview was great. Um, Absolutely. You know, he couldn't, he could not be a nicer guy. So, um, definitely, definitely yeah. huge shout out to him. Uh, you know, it's, it's just another, for us, it's, I think for our personal accounts and our, our podcast guy i'm not sure but you know the we got another you know follow so uh absolutely Brian, he, he follows both of us so that's a, that's a that's a win in my book it's a check on the hey. uh, in the in the book there you go absolutely so <laughs> all right well we can get out of here it was it was a fun it was a fun one uh this week yep. um next week i'm sure we'll be you know t- talking about a super bowl and what happens in the trade deadline and all that sort of stuff so yep all right well, we're going to get out of here. Everybody can follow us anywhere you get podcasts. I fired up podcast on Twitter uh, and Facebook. Um, and we will see you guys next Monday. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.